everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Frank, as he uh, always with AJ. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, how are you, Frank? What's going on, bud? <laughs> Not my smoothest landing, but you know we're we're working on uh, uh, different equipment, different places. Uh, it's Friday, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Um, it was pretty awesome. Uh, it was the first time I've ever made Thanksgiving dinner for myself. Awesome. Um, the key to that, I think, is to make all of the components of the turkey that you want separately. Yes. So I made a char, uh, charcoal uh, roasted um, turkey legs and turkey wings, but then I slow roasted my uh, turkey breasts in the oven, and they came out really, really, really well. I'm really proud of it. That's awesome. Yeah, we're... We're here with my my parents. It's just the five of us, and uh, how was it? We uh, it was great. You know, we, we had a we had a full turkey. We had most of the sides, and you know, we've got a lot of leftovers for today. Um, I did the sweet potato casserole. Megan did the string bean casserole. Made a pumpkin pie and cranberry sauce. So like, it's it's good. We're we're in it. How fun <laughs> is that? That's awesome. It was fun. So, uh, but um, of course. Star Wars didn't take a break this week. We have a new episode of The Mandalorian to discuss. I watched it this morning. So did you. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> the the beauty of I being tried off. to stay up late last night to make it, but I could not. I you know I thought I might, and it was like one. Like you know, I, it just I'm not gonna make it. I but then I was like dreaming about it. I was like I don't want to get spoiled again. <laughs> No, I didn't even look at my phone. I just went right downstairs. Exactly. I did the same thing. I was like, all right, um, I know all of you guys have no idea what we're going to do, but we're going to watch this TV show for 45 minutes. But it's a beautiful day here. (laughs) They went outside and it was like, it was fine. Um, So this is uh, the fifth episode of season two, chapter 13, titled The Jedi. And I I think um, we should just dive into full spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we could talk about it any other way. If you haven't seen this episode, you're you're fucking up. Yeah. Uh, turn the podcast off. Obviously, this was a good episode. Go fucking watch it. That's it. Yep. We're not spending any more time on this. And Three, two, two, one. Okay, go ahead. It's uh, We have Ahsoka Tano in live action, portrayed by none other than Rosario Dawson, which was, you know, teased but not necessarily confirmed by Disney um but uh, we all knew it was coming we we predicted that it would be this week because it was uh directed and written by dave filoni um and and they don't even waste any time she's there at the very beginning (laughs) i like that they're incorporating other pov shots in the beginning of the episodes or in throughout the episodes more so these days um and it's a really great way to bring us into her world to bring us onto her level you know i think uh, you're more of the animated fan than I am. So when was the last time we see Ahsoka? So the last time we see her in canon is at the end of Star Wars Rebels. Um, basically, and the Rebels show takes place, uh, the events prior to Rogue One and A New Hope, but there's kind of a, a tag at the end of the, the final season, the final episode, that jumps forward in time um, past the events of the original trilogy. So the Battle of Endor has just happened, and we kind of get a little bit of an update on the status of our characters, and we see Ahsoka Tano there um, going off on a mission. Um, and again, I'll spoil this here. You 
you basically <laughs> are well into my my spoilers. Um, yeah. But basically, she's on the hunt for Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Admiral Thrawn, who are Ezra is the main Jedi character on that show, and Thrawn is the villain. And Thrawn is a villain from the old. Um, extended universe that they brought him into canon he's the the blue guy <laughs> basically oh uh, yeah um and so and obviously we also get a name drop of him here but so in basically in the five years since return of the jedi um to this episode it's assumed that ahsoka who originally alongside sabine wren were hunting for uh ezra and thrawn so what's happened in between there is is all gray area that we don't know anything about. Um, obviously, she's still looking for Thrawn, at least. Um, and the implications are huge. The implications throughout this episode are, are kind of big. It, mm-hmm. it really feels like a, a season-shifting kind of episode in that now we kind of see where they laid the tracks to head off into. Yeah, I mean, it ties um, back to all the way back to the Clone Wars, first of all, um, and and everything moving forward, and uh, also p- potential spinoffs. I think like this episode just felt very Star Wars to me. Um, in, super cinematic, the whole episode. Oh yeah, and like it's a, a good forty-five minute length, um, which could have felt like a, a, a good act of a movie, right? This could have been. I mean, like, yeah, there there are some elements of the the budget that's maybe a little bit less that could have looked better on the big screen. But like, as a Star Wars TV show, like seeing the lightsabers in action and just, oh man, it's just such like wish fulfillment. Finally, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, do we know anything about this planet at all? No, um, you know they they name dropped it like two weeks ago uh, with Bo Katan. Um, it's like Corvus, uh, the city of Caladan on the on the planet of Corvus, and and the ma- the magistrate is the ruler of this area. Have we seen the magistrate before? Um, to my knowledge, no. But they kind of give her a backstory of like, uh, you know, it was had something to do with the Clone Wars, and was uh, once the Empire rose, and she helped the Empire do this, blah blah blah, like. I, I in the back of my head, I was like trying to remember if there was a character that she would have been like young in the Clone Wars, but I don't think so. Um, but basically, she's like, you know, she's not Empire, but she's definitely not a good person. <laughs> she's got all these prisoners, and uh, just like the the city is like laid to waste, and all the, the the forest fires around. It's it's not a good situation. It just seemed like. Um a really rough planet um yeah <laughs> you know like the i like the gear on the guys i like that it wasn't stormtroopers this week yeah um that was definitely a welcome change i liked that uh you know they didn't spend you know spend time you know showing us why we had to hate these bad guys like it's fine they they can just be bad guys sometimes that is okay yeah um, and, and like it was a mix of of people in armor and and uh, droids, and so that was kind of cool. It's just like they're they're stringing together whatever they can to to, and it felt like very Game of Thronesy too, right? It's like it this... did feel very Game of Thrones. It, it in that like we're on our quest, like we've made it to one of the central points, 
like it and it's not without you know seeing the other side of the coin you know where we're gonna stop and immediately this magistrate lady uh so it, it opens with ahsoka um do you want to play the plot game for this episode um sure yeah um, go for it frank so yeah it opens with ahsoka uh trying to break into this city to uh get the magistrate to tell her the location of her master um mandalorian and the child land on the planet in hunt of ahsoka but comes to the city first is ordered to find the jedi and to kill her and and in return we'll get this beskar spear um we know that he will likely not kill the jedi because he's looking for her they have a whole interaction team up and take the city um, and uh, basically discuss what, who will train the child uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think you, you, you pretty much nailed it, dude. Uh, so we show up. We're on this planet. Uh, we see this Michael Bean guy who's not yeah. Michael Bean. Um, and, <laughs> you know, we see that already Ahsoka is fighting, you know, these, these guys on this planet. He's a cool um, addition. I mean, like kyle reese <laughs> like I, I think kyle reese in star wars is a huge get you know yeah if if they were ever to get michael Bean in a movie for star wars i'm so there also in the show i'd be i'd be down either way yeah um, i mean it's kind of bummer that it's a little bit one note um and that we i mean unless he survives dun, 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 but i don't know he's kind of a cool addition he, he was a fun he was a fun character to play around with because he brings back the middle ground of star wars which is such an important place to never lose sight of yeah and it, like that is why i think mandalorian works so well is that he is so morally ambiguous you know what i mean and he's already shown uh the child so much yeah uh, but i want to i want to focus on the, the main takeaways from this episode sure. which is the the so before Mando goes to, you know, find Ahsoka, he goes and meets with the magistrate. She offers him this Beskar rod, uh, this Beskar steel, um, you know. It's like a spear. spear. Yeah. It's very, it's very cool. Very cool. Um, and, but he has to kill Ahsoka, this Jedi, in order to get it. He doesn't agree to anything. He says his price is high. You can't afford it. And, you know, off we go. Yeah. Uh, he gets into the forest and not too dissimilar from old Ben Kenobi. Yeah. Ahsoka is definitely in command while, you know, Din thinks he's, you know, searching for her. Yeah. And even, even master Yoda, right? Like when Luke definitely is, like that, that kind of vibe of like, he thinks he's in control. He thinks he's like gonna get the jump on her. It's like, no way. Well, and there's also a really fun Easter egg here that whenever Ahsoka would pop up in, in rebels, um, she's accompanied by this uh, creature um, that is named Morai. It's it's kind of this owl-looking. I think it's a Corvus or something. No, maybe that's the name of the city. Um, a, a Candor, I think it is. I'll I'll look it up later, and someone will yell at me. But but this it's this bird that will show, and it's kind of like the beacon of Ahsoka. And so it shows up, and I'm like, ah. Uh-uh, you think you're gonna get the drop on her? She is watching you. <laughs> oh, she's all over it yeah um and they they fight and you know what we've assumed up until this point was that beskar steel can withstand 
um, lightsabers. And as they fight, we could see that later on with the Beskar spear, um, lightsabers, you know, cannot cut through it. So, but he named drops Bo-Katan and said that he was sent to find her. Um, and she realizes why, because we see the child sitting on the side there, like, please don't hurt my daddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a great strategic move. And then she's like, I hope it's to talk about this guy. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say like of how I envisioned, you know, them meeting a Jedi with, uh, the child. Like, I can't say it was anything different than how I imagined it would kind of go. Yeah. Um, we know so much about Jedi training. We know so much about the rules in order to start training to become a Jedi. This kind of seemed inevitable. Right. Uh, um, but I want to talk about kind of before we get to that point is, um, you know, she's having a, you know, a, tele- a telepathic conversation with the child um, who's communicating with her, you know, probably on a higher level than we've ever seen him communicate with Mando for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, they're having, obviously, this, you know, moment together at night. Uh, It's a really beautiful cinematic shot that Dave Filoni set up where it's Ahsoka in front of the moon with the child kind of looking at her. I think that's one of the best. It's one of the highlight reel shots of the show for sure. Yeah. And then, um, you know, she name drops Baby Yoda. Yeah. It's like, Uh, uh, you... (laughs) His name is Grogu. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? His he has name a name? Is Grogu? Grogu. So this is what we're going to. So there's try. a 40 minute podcast right there, right? <laughs> like, but let's cut. Let's try to get to the highlights of what that podcast would be about. Yeah. Um. I, whatever the name was going to be, it was going to be a letdown from what you've already known, Baby Yoda, in your brain to call him. Sure. You know, they were kind of stuck in a place where. Whatever they were going to do, it wasn't going to be Baby Yoda. Um, They're going to have to deal with the rebranding effort that they're going to need to do to get around Baby Yoda. And that by not naming him right away, everybody knows him as Baby Yoda. And now to get him to course correct and everyone to say Grogu is not an easy feat to do. You know, especially even if you look at people like us who like we went ahead and named him a different name to not get confused with the fact that he is not. Yoda's Yoda. baby <laughs> or, or Yoda or Yoda as a baby. baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's fitting like, you know, Yoda is a, it's kind of a weird sounding name. Grogu. Like I, it, it so you get two in. syllables. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's going to be hard. And, you know, I, I think the best we could do is try and uh, maybe, you know, two years down the line when we're still watching the show, we're going to be like, can you remember who we used to call him baby Yoda? Like maybe it'll stick. Who knows? Um, two things I'm going to make this weekend is one is a shirt that has like a vector graphic of <laughs> baby Yoda. And it's going to say like Grogu and you, which I think will be very funny. <laughs> and then a meme I'm going to put up uh, like m- maybe immediately after this will be like, you've heard of Sh- elf on a shelf. And that'll be a picture of Grogu on R2. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which I, I think that. is pretty fair because it's not going to have the spoiler names on it yet. So yeah. I think that'll be okay. That's fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, Grogu. Um, it makes sense that he would have had a name. Like to me, course. that makes sense that like he, 
was not just this, you know, ambigu ambiguously named character floating through the thing. I also well, definitely understand them not shouting out the species or getting into that in any way. Sure. And I mean, I think the reason why it makes sense is because we get a bit of backstory. If like, if this kid was just, you know, born and left on someone's doorstep and we didn't know anything about him, sure he wouldn't have a name. But Ahsoka explains that he was in training on the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. And yeah. so, like, he was there during Order 66. Like, so it, it's kind of clear that Ahsoka didn't know him. Um, sure. Which is believable. There were a lot of younglings, and she was off fighting the war, and who knows at what point he was um, brought into the Order. Uh, but, like, yeah, that somehow he got out of that and survived and was was brought into hiding and Anakin didn't kill him. <laughs> um, and so with all of that, we, we learned that, you know, he's in hiding um, and suppressing his force abilities. And but we there's a lot of time that passes. And somehow there, there must be many other people that have helped him along the way. Right. Like bringing mm. this this football across uh, the, to the finish line of getting him to the Mandalorian. Like, we don't know the story of how he survived the Empire, right? Like, that, the rise and fall of the Empire. Well, we know he's, like, 50 years old, right? So, right. theoretically, he would have been 20 at the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah. So, and, and that is, like, what? Like, well, 15 years after so, um, Revenge of the Sith? Uh, yeah yeah so revenge of the sith yeah and i mean he might have been like in his 30s but still he's a child and like how much the, the thing that's unclear is like his force abilities have been suppressed i don't know if his speech has been suppressed like maybe he used to be able to talk a little bit more um other than baby noises but what's what's clear is he's gone through some shit and a lot even in his memories and his abilities are, are not coming to the surface and um, whether people helped him along the way, it, it seems like he would need it. Like he, especially the way we found him in the beginning of season one. Um, Cause he, he was like a baby baby. Like he couldn't even walk <laughs> practically. Totally. Uh, it's interesting to me that we're going to date him back. I think even further than I would have started him having been involved in canon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think to me it would have made more sense. Like if he had been kind of been hidden away from the Jedi or, or in a different area of the Jedi to him to be a direct part of the tradition is, a, is a little bit crazy that like, the that Anakin wouldn't have known and wouldn't have made this to be a bigger priority. That's a good so like, point. So like, how much is uh, he going to become a new kind of tesseract or a new kind of Easter egg that we're going to see turn up in future B level Star Wars, you know, information? It's it's the exact Ahsoka problem, actually. Yeah, it's the exact Ahsoka problem. Like you you put her in in the prequel and then she's completely absent from the original trilogy and so it's like now even watching the prequel trilogy you could be like hmm, i wonder if uh grogu's hiding behind one of those younglings over there like right or, or it's just out of the shot like yeah it is a little bit funky um but obviously so far they've made it work with ahsoka 
um, integrating her into the canon and explaining. He's also such a, a small threat that like any younger than he would have been now, kind of after watching Mando, like he would never have been, you know, as treacherous True. of a threat. So I think we're just going to let that backstory slide for now. I think it does enough to get us across the finish line of establishing his character yeah, and establishing his name. Um, I think that that's all really good. Yeah. And it's going to just take time for us to get to know him. Yeah. And again, and I think the, the other thing that's super interesting that they discuss, like, so obviously Ahsoka tries to test his, his force abilities. Um, the next yeah, it's day, a great scene, which is a great scene. She's like sending this rock across the, the air with the force to him. And she wants him to send it back, but he's not really getting it. And then she wants Din Djarin to try. And because they have a connection, and we had the little tease of the little ball from the ship on the little device, whatever it is that he's been playing with all, all along, he uses that and he calls him by his name, Grogu, gets him you know, to pay attention and he grabs it with the force. And so the, what it, it shows is that they have a deep connection at this point, and Ahsoka is hesitant to be the master or to train him because what she knows of personal connections in the Jedi way, specifically in regards to her former master, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of Star Wars that you can't just get trained. Right? right like it's it's never worked it's or we've never seen yeah <laughs> you have to be refused or you know it, it's it's just not going to work you know um yeah i think they could have time. zagged yeah. where people zig yeah and like made it like yeah absolutely i will train him and made it a little bit different uh but once i kind of started to see where they were going i was like oh yeah oh well what the um, other interesting thing here is and I don't know why they've treated it this way, but obviously we see Ahsoka, um, if you've been following along through Clone Wars and Rebels, um, you know her now. Um, she's got her white lightsabers. And at the end of uh, her time, she in the Clone Wars, she left the Jedi Order. She came back to, to fight in, in the Siege of Mandalore, but not as a Jedi and not as a military officer um within right. within the ranks of of the republic so she never came back as a jedi and by the time we see her in rebels she's not training anyone she's she's doing her own, this she's almost like a gray jedi um and, and forging her own path and so i found it very interesting that anyone that referred to her as a jedi or when when Din Djarin asked her to train the child she wasn't like apprehensive in any way um, which was interesting to me. I, I don't know why they, they made that choice. Um, mm. But I think ultimately it was to, to get to that point of, of showing like, well, he needs to be declined because we couldn't have Ahsoka take over this show. Like they have a bond and we need him to keep moving forward. Um, uh, you, so whether we see Ahsoka again or not, I'm not sure. Um, but she, Oh, she's coming back. Right, but she she's not going to be like master <laughs> master Ahsoka to Grogu. I we don't think. Well, no, but 
I, I think that they went in a smart decision with how they did it. Mm -hmm. I'll, t I'll tell you why. Um, it, it's what you said a minute ago. They were not going to have Ahsoka Tano take over the Mandalorian. Right. It just wasn't going to happen. You also can't get somebody like Rosario Dawson to be a regular on a TV show like this. True. That doesn't work. She's way too expensive. This is too big of a legacy character. Um, and I think what this show, similarly to what Endgame and Infinity War were doing, we're kind of setting up potential spinoffs. True. And I think that they're trying to say, hey, how many you know watches does this episode get? How many people tune in to see this right now? And what they're going to find is that a lot of people will, and it will change the internet, and it will be very fun to see Rosario Dawson play this character in real life that so many people totally love. And then you will either get a limited series Obi-Wan style thing with her, yeah, or you will get a uh, uh, some kind of, um, uh, you know, a, a spinoff thing. I agree with you. Like they're definitely setting her up as a spinoff, um, and and that's very welcome because I think it, it will take a lot of the plot threads um, from from Rebels that are loose and dangling, and that were teased in this episode, and not forcibly take over the plot of the Mandalorian. Um, and whether it's limited series, whether it's kind of um, you know a series of movies or something on Disney Plus, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they can get Rosario Dawson um, as a regular on her own show, <laughs> but like as, definitely as a, as a guest definitely. on this one would have been difficult because um, once you know contracts and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they they tease uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn that she's looking for him. Um, to me, it's kind of like, well, is that the big is that the bigger one than Ahsoka for you? Uh, no, I mean Ahsoka seeing her is like amazing, but like having having a big bad out there because like ultimately the ultimately rebels like was the fan service um uh, like with ahsoka that i was looking for like having her brought in there was amazing and so like seeing her in live action now is just like icing on the cake and like because what they're gonna try to do i think is finish the story that was left over in rebels of what happened to ezra bridger who was a jedi um and and Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is a significant threat um, and player in the Empire. And so, to me, um, whether Ezra is one to, to train Grogu or um, he, you know, I, I'm just interested to see all those threads uh, be picked up. And um, because, but because otherwise, I'm not sure what story they're going to tell about Ahsoka. Um, Hmm. and you know I, I was getting a little nervous here i was like well we don't know what her fate is i'm like i don't want her to die right away we don't want the obi-wan effect right like that's like oh yes i will train this child or qui-gon even and then die before uh but like they couldn't do that they couldn't do that on her first live action appearance i think that would have like really turned the fans against them. <laughs> no i i completely agree with you and i think that they my t my key takeaways are Brilliant portrayal, beautiful legacy, maintain maintenance, but also beautiful additional uh, shots. I think that the action that they did using her and whoever did the lightsaber work was really, really great. Mm -hmm. It looked flawless. It looked like her own style. It looked like real classical 
Jedi with lightsaber. It did not look like Rey, somebody just wielding something around. Yeah. Um, you can tell I thought she's I, trained. Like that, yeah. That was clear. And and it, and it flowed and matched the, the style of the animated series in, in a great way. Like and she's she was trained by Anakin Skywalker. Like she's like yeah, she knows how to she knows how to fucking fight. Yeah, uh, and we get to see that. So we get to see her. I mean, inevitably, she goes up onto the main you know town again. We see her and Dinjarin team up to you know overthrow the magistrate. They get in there and they're both kind of having these two conversations. The one conversation is between Michael Bean, but not Michael Bean. Michael B. Yont uh with din <laughs> and then you also have ahsoka with this magistrate character who are having a really tremendously great lightsaber battle also i think it's the first girl on girl live action um like fight, fight sequence like you get in a star wars right yeah like, I, I think so right i think that's a big takeaway that's like they're kind of they were kind of quiet about but looked i think absolutely excellent yeah the choreography here again back to the, whoever's doing the lightsaber work if that's actually rosario dawson like she's a fucking badass and they should give her her own movie right away because <laughs> um, it looked great it yeah. looked stylistic it it flowed with the beskar the sounds of the beskar against the lightsaber was really innovative and cool and different and hearing um, it from the other side while while they were having their conversation and be like oh who's gonna win like that was cool and it created tension and you could hear it and um and and like the fact that it was like in this like japanese chinese like water garden-esque thing like very yeah kurosawa like I, I i like that this show continues to play you know the samurai versus the western elements and incorporating it into because there there was still like a gunslinger element to it too that was awesome um, definitely um, and then I think I want to just wrap up on kind of the two main takeaways here because I have to kind of run and I'm sorry, everybody, is um, one, the shout out of Thrawn, which we've never heard in live action before. Yep. Um, I was curious to see who the apprentice was going to be. I thought they were talking about Darth Maul, but then I'm like, Darth Maul has been dead, would have been dead a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else could they be possibly shouting out at this point? And to hear Thrawn, I know who Thrawn is from the book covers, yep. and that he is a definite huge badass. Yeah. Uh, can you just give me like the thirty seconds on who he is? Yeah. So the, what they did with him in in canon, um, he popped up uh, before A New Hope. He was a threat to the the re the spark of the rebellion. Um, he was a, a brilliant strategist, and it was a big asset to Palpatine. Um, and basically. Uh, Ezra and the re rebels from the show uh, took him out um, and they basically sent them across the galaxy and it was a mystery whatever happened to them. So the fact that he is possibly still alive um, in this era post Palpatine is, is very juicy. Um, All right. And then the last thing here is before Ahsoka, um, you know, doesn't take uh, Grogu, um she tells them to go to a special place do we know this place at all i don't know it um uh, i can't really it's tython the, the this force temple it's not act two <laughs> it's it's not um so and you know there's always going to be this other jedi temple place i guess that, that even in clone wars and rebels that they send people to um so to me it's not canonized but basically to go there use the force and see if a jedi comes to you know, 
raised the call of uh, you know to train or, him or not or not. Um, so we'll see. I was really worried when he's like, "Oh yeah, where'd you leave the kid? Oh, he's on the ship." I'm like, "What the fuck did you do?" Because the, the yeah, like he's got the the tracker on there. I was very happy that they didn't go that direction. But you I gotta... like the direction they're heading in. That everybody's going to meet up at the end. I can kind of see where the tracks are building to get there. Yep. Um, I'm so down to have a big, you know, uh, a stand a really crazy standoff at the next, you know, place that we're going to be at once everybody gets there. I don't think this will be the last that we've seen of Ahsoka Tano this season. Yeah. I'm sure that she will be back. Uh, and I'm super thrilled with this season so far. I think it's doing a great job of world building and expanding the galaxy through this show than more so than I could have ever thought it would have gone to at this point. I agree. We knew Rosario was coming, but we didn't know what else that would imply. Right. And I think they're doing a great job every week. We want to tune in. And so we'll be back next week, of course, to cover uh, chapter 14 um, we love this episode. Let us know what you thought. Um, please uh, email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can go to our website, longlostheroes.net. Um, find us online, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. Um, thank you so much for tuning in this week. And uh, any final thoughts for you, AJ? This is the way. I'm, I'm hooked. I this love is this. The way. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you and be well. Yes.